Hello there and welcome to the Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games, and all that jazz that there's no tomorrow. This week we're talking about Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, John. How are you Hello. this week? Hello. I am very excited to talk about Glass Onion, as I've anticipated this film for quite a while. The last time we talked about Knives Out, I was just so excited to watch Glass Onion and cannot wait to talk about it. And I'm feeling great. And uh, this week, there was a spy fight wrapped that event yeah, absolutely that absolutely it's the most exciting part of <laughs> of the year <laughs> of the year it's like forget halloween forget christmas spy fire wrapped that is <laughs> that is the best time you yes, don't want to know how many minutes <laughs> tom spent you don't want to know <laughs> i have okay i have i have one hundred and five thousand minutes listening to spotify this year how that makes me that makes me more than 99 percent of people in the uk how insane. what how did i do what um, what? Meanwhile, I'm just over here, just like with forty thousand minutes, <laughs> which is like, normal. Like that's that's that's, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, that is like ninety one percent. How many minutes in a day? Um, well, I know how many minutes are there in a year. It's like five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes. How do you know that? Oh, that's from Rent. Is that from? Yeah, is it because it's, it's from a, Rent? It's a song. Yes, it's, it's a, a bloody, song. My sister bloody, can't it's... stop singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How yeah. okay? How minutes are in a day? Okay, apparently there's fourteen thousand minutes in a day. No, there's yeah. not. There's two. There's twenty four thousand minutes in a day. So based on that logic, you listen to just under two whole days worth of music. I listen to just over four whole days of music. Wow. <laughs> anyway, glass onion. Oh, glass onion. Sorry, we got caught up with this. We well, absolutely cause... already half the people listening have tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why is he haven't talked about glass onion yeah, yet? Well, I, right, I, I clicked on this because yeah, okay, go go. Tag what? briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. Right. So tech billionaire Miles Ron invites his friends for a getaway on his private Greek island. When someone turns up dead, Detective Bron uh. Blanc is on the case. I can't say his name right, man. Benoit so Blanc. Benoit Blanc is Benoit. On the what? Case. Benoit. It's okay. You one? got this. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got this. Don't worry. So yeah, knives out. Uh, I mean, I mean, oh, I keep on, I keep on calling it knives out. Glass onion. A knives out mystery. Full spoilers ahead if you haven't yes. seen it. It was only out in cinemas for one week. Criminally, Which is a shame. Netflix, a big shame. Yeah, Netflix. Apparently, some cinema owners even asked Netflix to keep it in longer, and Netflix declined. And apparently, now they're considering bringing it back in theaters after it's out on Netflix. So I don't know. I mean, this film could have made so much money, but here we are. So yeah, full spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen it, I know that it's not. If you've missed it at the cinema now, you got to wait like a month or so. I don't know. Happy December, by the way, and. Yeah. What did you think of Glass Onion? It just exceeded my expectations again. I thought it was just going to be something different about it because it looked like a perfect whodunit, like on the trailers. You're like, oh, okay, mm. this is going to be something different because we didn't see who's going to be killed or, you know, like, you know, when trailers show like a fake, not not like a fake death, but there's like a death. It's like, mm. oh my God, he's been killed. He's, he's Oh no, we can't find out who did it. But then in the trailer for Glass Onion, it is quite mysterious. You you don't know what is exactly going on. And that's what trailers do. It's exciting. And then in this film, I was like, okay, this is really cool. And there were some really cool narrative twists. And it was like, yes, this is 
this is definitely Ryan Johnson at his best. This is where he's showing us these details and what makes a story. And what I'm very surprised about this is that it was a very good comedy. Like, yes, <laughs> it was very funny. It was very funny. It was funnier than the the first one. Whereas the first one was more kind of serious. But in this one, it was just so much funnier because the cast. Oh, the cast. These two films have amazing casts. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think that immediately you have to be prepared for the fact that this film, it's not really like the first film at all. I was immediately kind of taken back by how different it is aesthetically, tonally. You know, the vibes of the first film are very like autumn vibes, winter vibes, you know, cottage core kind of. But this one is more summery and more kind of hot and humid. And I think that the direction of this one plays with it a whole lot more. And as you say, they, they structure it very differently than the first one. The first one twists the whodunit genre by following Marta. And you already think that you know who's done it from the beginning. And they twist that a little bit. But this one has such a fantastic central twist, which really reevaluates the entire narrative in the best possible way. Yeah, that was so unexpected because we're with these characters. And then there was this narrative twist which we'll get into and in the cinema we're like oh right so then it just, just completely changes the story which i really like you know like when stories that you think that's going to happen but then it just completely flipped the script you know like it's just like oh okay we didn't know we we're going to go that way and they just explored everything like i didn't know that they were just i keep saying this every time like they explore everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, I keep saying that in every episode. But this one, I think they just thought about what we think we know about this character. But then we go really deeper into this, you know, characters. Well, why are they here? What is their purpose? It was just crazy. It was just like different perspective, like all the way through. So that was really cool. That was just something that I did not expect. Like Ben Wan Long shouldn't be there the whole time. But you're thinking okay, why is he there this whole time? Yeah, it's like, who, who's, like in the last one, it's like, who's hired him for this mystery? And the way that they twist that, Janelle Monet is so fantastic in this film. They are just firing on all cylinders. And the twist halfway through, the, they've been actually playing their twin. Okay, so the character is, I can't remember the name. Okay. <laughs> what, what's the, what, it, Helen. Helen is the twin. Helen, yes. Helen is playing, trying, is pretending to be Andy, and yes. and so the whole like first half of the film, you think that it's Andy, and she's being all suspicious, not interesting, and then in just a genius stroke, the film completely like flashes back and tells the entire story of the narrative, but gives you every piece of information that Blanc has, which is that. Andy is already dead and her twin sister Helen is actually putting on this facade. And I think she just commands the screen in these scenes. Like, I would love to watch this film again with all of this new context. And I think that it really makes you reevaluate everything in in the most delicious way. And you really begin to empathize with her character and you're aligned with her to the point where the final scene or the final sequence with her outburst is probably one of the most satisfying things I've ever seen in a film. (laughs) 
yeah, there was another bit that I really liked in that outburst that was just like that emotion that she was just like, I can't believe this all happened because of this idiot. Mm. And then Edward Norton's character, Miles, there's like no smart moves or like any plans or motivation. There are motivations, but with Miles, he has no thinking. He's just dumb. Like, yeah. When one, oh my God, when when one like finds out, it's like, oh, you stupid. And then it was, like, <laughs> it was so funny because the whole audience in the cinema, they were just laughing so much. It was just ecstatic. Every time Daniel Craig was just saying something, it was just great. But then with that scene, it was like, oh. Just, it's so good. <laughs> the way that yeah. they, all throughout, he has these small things that he's getting wrong. He's getting the odd word wrong here and there. Until you get to that <laughs> bit at the end when, when Ben was like, he's an idiot. And it's genuinely just the funniest thing. It is the funniest I think thing. that. Yeah, like, I've always been a little bit underwhelmed with the whole, like, reveal of Chris Evans being the murderer in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. But I think, and not to knock that movie at all, I mean, we did an episode on it a couple weeks ago, you can listen to that if you're interested, and I absolutely adore that film, but I think this one takes it to the next level, and it makes everything... I think that the real key to it is the fact that after everything, they've proven that Miles is guilty and they've proven that he's killed two people. And it, it, it just hits like again and again. And Benoit is, is hitting beat after beat. And it's so genius. And then after they've all accused, Benoit says, I can't do anything. Like this has to go through the courts and the justice system. And, and with no solid ev- evidence, everything's stacked against us. And genuinely, it's really, like, depressing. In his last three movies, Ryan Johnson has just basically been like, fuck the rich. You know, with, with <laughs> The Last Jedi yeah. and with Knives yeah. Out and now in Glass Onion, he's showing the worst of the worst people who only care for themselves, you know, who don't have any concept of bad or good, only for what is in their personal gain, which often manifests itself in just exploitation and the most scumbaggy stuff to do. And you see that all throughout this movie. There's a whole sequence in which Helen explains through Andy's journals how Miles weaseled his way into this group and he got them all positions of power so he could uplift his own position of power and the way that he's exploiting everybody, making them scared so they won't even speak out against him. You know, he's giving them like all different scapegoats. And Edward Norton plays it so well. He's so hateable in that role. Yeah, like, he keeps saying the wrong word out. And then once you realize that he was just using everyone, because he's the one who can give them a lot of money, a lot of support, a lot of things. And that's what each character needs from him. And I think that's a great way of flipping the script because, you know, at the beginning, you were thinking, oh, these characters have motivations for Miles. And then you think one of them is going to kill him. And you're thinking this whole time, okay, who has the strongest motivation or, you know, who has that? And once you get the narrative twist, it's like, oh, this is focusing on his wife who got killed. And it's that idea of Helen trying to get that envelope that has Andy's uh, handwriting and it's all the plan that she made. But then it's reinforced by Miles who burns it like just out of nowhere. And that just represents his character because he just gets through things easily and he just takes credit and just takes power just that quickly. And it kind of represents those characters like, oh, I could leave, but then I need your money, your wealth. And the most genius way that Ryan Johnson thought about, you know, like there's nothing Helen can do, but it's a clear tech. 
that Miles has that is reflected all the way throughout the film because it's powered in this Greek island and it represents like the idea that this tech could work and like he's very arrogant he's very like yes this could work and then Andy thought about this tech and then she didn't want to use it in the first place because she knows that it's not going to work at all and then that revealed that Helen has the clear and then she throws it and then it realizes that yes it completely fails that is going to completely ruin Miles' image of like you know what he's trying to be for this company for the world leaders as well that it's going to come around yeah like during her whole (laughs) investigation she sees people talking about oh yeah this isn't going to work and there's kind of like there's this how was it there was some sort of gas that it releases through using this clear energy. I can't remember exactly what it is, but that but that gas is very um, is it hydrogen? I don't know, but it you know that's very flammable, and they use that at the end because it's, when it's exposed, it's responsible for the entire destruction of the island. I thought that was just so brilliant, you know, the way that they kind of utilize that, and it's showing again like as a manifestation of just like the elite. And like, you know, these just like stinking rich people. Miles has no consideration at all for anyone other than himself. And, you know, you can see that, you know, people who are causing him tro- problems, he will literally go to the extent of murdering them. And it goes so much further beyond the kind of spoiled characters you see in the first film who are all entitled like they're all bad but like the people in this movie take it to the next level yeah. you know i think i think miles is 100% the worst like offender and just the whole time he's kind of putting on this facade of like being really like this kind of steve jobs type i guess but is just like i think it's just so clever and again i'd love to rewatch this film there's so much that i want to look back on and be like oh that was set up and like this there are some really clever things like when they were figuring out how did dave batista's character die i realized oh they put pineapple in his drink because he said earlier that he doesn't like they doesn't dance a pineapple and I was like, oh, that means he's allergic. And there's just loads of small little lines. You know, again, Ryan Johnson doesn't really waste screen time. He makes sure that everything, even if it looks like it's just a small throwaway moment, he will use that. He will really use that to make, you know, everything so much more satisfying later or to kind of tie into the themes. Like there's a moment where Benoit starts to smoke and the garden kind of starts beeping and saying like smoke free area, smoke free area. And he he kind of runs away. It's a little comedic scene. But then you see at the end when everything explodes, that comes back in a kind of like real catharsis of all of Miles's empire and his entire island crumbling down around him. Yeah, and it is really good visual storytelling right there. I have to go back to Bullet Train, because when Bullet Train... uh, (laughs) We always go back to Bullet Train. That film is cinema. (laughs) That film is cinema. But the really cool part about these films is that they go back to scenes. Like, they literally go back to scenes. Like, they don't change or manipulate any lines or cinematography. They go back and remind the audience of what the character said. And the really cool part is that once you rewatch it, you're like, yes, they actually said that. And then you literally keep finding out what they say. And it is really cool, like really cool details that they drop. And I really like that. I like films when they do that because it's just fun. They keep reminding the audience and I really like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This film is just like really fun. And I think it was gripping like the entire time it's so well paced and as i say in the middle when they kind of twist it and they give you the the reframing of the narrative with the whole helen twist that was so good 
because I was so enthralled and I felt the whole time I was like, this is captivating me. And yeah, like it, it was just a really, really great experience. However, I do have to say that it did take some time for me to get into it. You know, as I say, it's not the same tone or vibe as the first film. And that was kind of immediately a little bit like, okay, you've got to get, you've got to get into that. And also, if I could critique this film on anything, I just like that whole opening where they are talking over the phone and the way that they kind of weave COVID into it. I just kind of feel like that was unnecessary considering how early on they take off their masks and, you know, they get <laughs> Ethan Hawke of all people gives them like this little shot in the mouth that yeah, I don't know, cures them or whatever. That wasn't that... explained as well. Yeah, what well. like like was that the cure? <laughs> did do they just have the cure? Is that what they're insinuating that they have the 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 that Miles has the cure to COVID or something? I don't know. But then the other thing, the bracelets as well. That I was confused. So Miles gives everyone bracelets around yes. their wrist, but mm -hmm. that isn't explored ever again. Really, yeah, the, the the I think the idea of the, the bracelets is they all say what is it what star sign they are I think oh something something like that and then that correlates to their rooms and the idea behind that is that that's part of Miles's fake murder mystery oh <laughs> yeah so like right. that's all like him and I loved that scene where Benoit was was like immediately he's like it was Birdie and then he just he lists off all the clues and he's like boom. Yeah. Mystery solved. Mystery like, solved. Can I get a free iPad? <laughs> yes. What? What do? What do we? What do we win? <laughs> no. Daniel Craig continues to be such a highlight of of this series. He is what a screen presence. I love watching him, and I gotta say, I think probably one of the best parts of this movie was when Hugh Grant shows up as Benoit's boyfriend. Like, oh, yeah. oh my God, what a surprise. I was in the cinema, like, oh my God. I, I know that Ryan Johnson mentioned at some Q&A that Benoit is canonically gay. And so I was like, oh, I wonder if maybe in the third movie we'll get to see his boyfriend and he may be played by, you know, some like famous actor. I was hoping for maybe like a past Bond, like Pierce Brosnan or something. But no, oh. Hugh oh. Grant, what a choice. What a choice. What a choice. It was and so surprising. I loved it. There was one thing that I couldn't stop laughing. This is going to sound really sad. The one thing okay. that I couldn't stop laughing was, was Ben one was playing Among Us. Oh, he was. He was. Welcome back, everyone, to the ongoing thing of our <laughs> pod where John, John brings up Among Us. <laughs> but yes. Yes, he did. It was. And he was in the bath. I'm so sad. Okay. <laughs> well, my my you humor, playing my oh, humor you... has been downgraded to <laughs> thinking that the funny word Among Us. Uh, yes, just. <laughs> Is it because you were playing Among Us in the bath during COVID? No, no. Um... <laughs> it's all just too relatable. Hey, no. I mean, I I wish <laughs> I could relate to Hugh Grant being my boyfriend. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I really tried. I really tried. Whilst I'm in the bath, he's just, you know, uh, no, making no, it's something. Just, no, it's just like Among Us. It, this is the 21st century humor, right? My humor <laughs> is broken. It's like I'm, I'm explaining the humor. The humor's not funny, but it, <laughs> we all just laugh at it. It's just, it's so weird. And I'm just like trying to explain it. 
I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. I, I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard, and I shouldn't be laughing so hard in that cinema. People were looking at me like, "Why is he laughing? Why is <laughs> he laughing? Who's, who's this guy? What, what? Are we missing something?" But like, I think that is the part of the film that I would have liked to explore a bit more. If you're <laughs> introducing not not among us no not among us that's not what i wanted to explore i would like to explore the covid thread if you're right. introducing this as good. a thing and if good. you're introducing good. the fact that everybody's alone and that they finally have a chance to be with other people i would possibly like to explore that idea of you know like losing yourself in lockdown there are certain times when ben was like how did i miss this it was so obvious it was so stupid how did i miss that and you know perhaps that is something that they could expand upon i don't know but it's a small thing you know i would i mean i would say this film was better than the original like what what do you where do you think oh, it yeah. stands oh yeah yeah miles how how did that happen honestly i don't know. I, I i knew it was going to be good because i like ryan johnson i've seen all but one of his movies and I just think he's fantastic. He's never missed a beat for me. But, yeah. like, how did he make a film better than Knives Out? Like, how is that possible? Like, we are... I know there's at least one more that's happening. We are on track to have a perfect trilogy right now. Oh, oh like, that would be amazing. No, pre no pressure, Ryan. But don't fuck it up. Like, this no, is... No, don't, don't, like, please. Honestly, like... I'm so astounded by how good this movie was. And there are so many standout sequences with the editing and the way that it was shot. Uh, like when all uh, the lights go off and everything uh, is building yeah. to the fact that the, the, the lights are about to go off. And Miles says, oh my God, I scheduled the lights to go off at 10. And they all shut down. Absolutely perfection. And that whole sequence in the dark, perfection. It was just perfection. so, yes. so like... It was it was cinema. It was so like exhilarating and tense to watch. And there are so many like needle drops and so many bits of music that I thought worked so well. And of course, the Mona Lisa. Ah uh, yes. That was cinema. Like slow motion, everything's burn apart from the Mona Lisa. And you see Helen and Miles running towards the Mona Lisa. Throughout the film, the Mona Lisa's protection keeps shutting and opening because of the noise and it just keeps getting reinforced but then in this scene the mona lisa everything's just slow motion and you just realize oh my god helen's about to burn the mona lisa <laughs> that sounds out of yeah. context that <laughs> helen's about I to mean... burn the mona lisa yeah. <laughs> i mean, i literally said i was just like oh my god she's gonna mess she's gonna fuck up the mona lisa oh god but there's so many beautiful moments where they use the Mona Lisa to rack up the tension. You know, they'll be arguing, and when their voices hit like a certain amount, the glass that protects the Mona Lisa will shut, and it will slam, and then it will slam again, and the slamming will become frequent, and it's like a ticking in your mind. And it's not only is it racking up the tension, but it's reminding you that the Mona Lisa is there. Up until that amazing moment at the end, when the, the entire place is destroyed, you know, after that beautiful slow motion sequence, you know, where she throws the clear and everything explodes. And as you say, with the Mona Lisa and they're running towards it. And Miles says, well done. You had your temper tantrum. It's changed nothing. And she's like, has it changed nothing? Because your idea of of clean, renewable energy has just blown up your entire island, including the most famous painting in the world. And then, and then just that moment, everybody else says, you know, I think I did see him burn that letter. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I did see him leave Andy's house. And it's like, 
these people are still assholes because they didn't say that from the beginning because, yeah. you know, all they really care about is their own reputations and their own brands and careers. But it's still so satisfying to see Miles get his dues. And Benoit isn't even a part of it. It's entirely the emotional connection between these friends who have been arguing and who we have seen all turn on Andy. You know, you really feel and you want Helen to get that justice so bad. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. That was such a great time seeing that in the cinema. And I was just it like, really yes. It really was. It was just... It's, oh, it's so frustrating. All, I want to tell everybody to go and watch it at the cinema, but you can't. It, like, I swear, if this film comes back at the cinema, please watch it. It please. is like th- nothing compares to seeing this film on the big. I mean, as, I mean, if you if you've listened to this whole podcast, it's been spoiled for you. Yeah. But what are you doing? Nothing... What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing compares to watching this film knowing nothing. Like I I knew literally nothing, and I was just so elated by the entire plot. As soon as the film ends with Helen and Benoit sitting together watching the the Coast Guard or whoever come to the island. It cuts to the credits. And of course, what song plays? Glass Onion by the Beatles. Yes, Glass Onion. And I was just bopping in the cinema like, this is how you finish a film. Amazing. (laughs) I think every every film should be named after a song and then end with that song. Like, there's nothing better than, like, sitting there and then that song, like, oh, brilliant. Amazing. Cinema. Cinema of the highest order. That is such a great film. Oh it really God. is. What are you going to give Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery out of 10? You know what? I'm going to give it a 10 because wow. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. And there was so much work into this film that gave out many beautiful sequences in the film. They explored like a mm. lot of themes and and just gave like a really good social commentary, you know, like with what the rich people are going to do and you know how they're going to solve it. And it's completely destroyed by a woman who's completely broken by this man who is in control, but it's also an idiot at the same time. And <laughs> He's an idiot! He's an idiot! Oh my god. <laughs> and it's just... Oh my god. It, yeah. I have to say it's a 10. It is amazing, incredible. And yeah. those of you haven't seen the first one, I've seen some people that haven't seen the first one. They were like, oh, Glass Onion's really good. I'm like, have you seen the first one? He's like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't need to see the first one to understand the second. Yeah, true, but true. It, but the step up in quality in the storytelling is so exactly. evident, is so satisfying if you've watched the first film. So, you know, I do think that that contributes. Uh, I'm going to go 9 out of 10. I agree with you completely. I loved it so much. Just that first act did kind of throw me off. Um, I really hope that the third movie continues to be amazing and we get one of those trilogies that, you know, we look back on as a through and through masterpiece. Yes. Oh, my God. The film's just so good. If it comes back to the cinema, you watch it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you liked it, you can subscribe if you want to see more and like if you enjoyed it. And on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy next week we're going to be doing guillermo del toro's pinocchio we are returning to the world of pinocchio after doing the 1940 and 2022 disney versions and hopefully this will be an actual good one so we shall we shall see 
please, please. And you can send us an email with your thoughts. Tell us your thoughts on Glass Onion. Ask us any questions or just comment on anything. And we'll answer them right here on the podcast. If you email us at asktimefilmpod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And we only have a minute left of this Zoom call. So take oh, us out, uh, John. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. If you liked Glass Onion, tell us about what you didn't like and what you liked. The hourly ding dong noise. <laughs> the hourly um, gong. You can you can make you, that. Uh, they released that. You can make that um, your uh, like alarm. What? Yeah. No, they they didn't. Did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Absolutely, they did. I can't. I do think you. I, I don't know if trolling or not. I, okay, never mind, never mind. It's not no, I, 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 I was, I, I have been told by a friend who I trust that it's available. So I haven't looked myself, but I'm pretty sure it is. I'm trusting you. Right. Uh, um, Thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.